Do you ever wonder why some podcasts are so successful? Do you wish that you could replicate the success of some of the top podcasts? So do we. And we believe there is no harm in asking. So we're questioning everything about how podcasts are produced, hosted, and monetized. This is No Harm in Asking. I'm Eric Byron. And I'm Michael Kerr, here today to defend the undefendable. <laughs> we review podcasts and look for clues to why some make it big and some are off the charts. This week, we'll be reviewing the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration. All right, Michael, this is going to be a tough one. Oh, we had to this, do it, huh? This is hard for me. I know. Uh, so, I'm here to defend him. Okay, Joe Rogan. The Joe Rogan Experience. Joe Rogan Podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Wow. I've, I've done quite a few. I've never... Okay. So Joe Rogan has the... Top, the number one podcast. It's an exclusive on Spotify. They paid $100 million for exclusive rights to the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, which comes with his other two kind of flavors of it, right? There's an MMA show and something called Fight Companions. So all three forms of the Joe Rogan podcast are on Spotify only. So first of all, I also want to say that no Harm in Asking does not endorse the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast, right? I don't want this review to be mistaken as us saying, you know, we love this guy and we encourage you to listen. We'll get into more why I'm hesitant to just make that endorsement. But I also want to say, before I get into all my criticisms of Joe Rogan, that of course, we're listening to this one and reviewing this one because it is the top and we really want to know why? Right. How did he get here? How can he do this yeah. consistently, you know, eighteen hundred episodes and have sixteen million subscribers yeah. or whatever it is on Spotify and another twelve million on YouTube? Uh, the guy is truly off the charts, and we want to understand. I don't think it's technically a podcast. So we're doing podcast reviews, and they call it a podcast, and it's on Spotify, but this is really a video production. Right. It is hard to listen to if you don't have the little video in the bottom right-hand corner. I agree. He constantly brings up uh, graphs and, and Twitter feeds and this kind of thing. Everybody references, oh, bring up my thing, right? Whatever. Right. So it's very visual. I did... You want to look at Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. I think there's a the facial reason. You, you want to look at this gestures. bald guy who's, you know, he's obviously got... <laughs> He's got the tattoos. He's got the the presence. He's he, he's what people want to see. Yeah, I think his following wants to see that. Um, oh yeah, and yeah. he is. The show is clearly geared towards the visuals. They they make constant reference and they exchange stuff back and forth. Sure. He passes the weed, you know, back and forth between people on a regular basis. So he is phenomenal in terms of following. He has some connection to his audience. 
I will admit it's uh, generational, shall we say? Sure, it's so generational, and, I, it's ma- and it's male. Don't get me wrong. 72% of, of this group, avid fans, are men. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't see yeah. that step. Yes. I mean, I did go Doesn't through Doesn't surprise it. me. Because I, mean, I, I, mean, I Googled who's his audience, right? And okay. that is, you know, that's where they're coming from. I did and see it. And they're young, right? These are, yeah. these are men 18 to 34, right? 46% of avid fans are between the ages of 18 and 34. So that... Yeah. I, I know your um, son is about that age and that, you know, this is right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and most of the people who have told me, oh, you know, oh, you're reviewing podcasts. You've got to listen to Joe Rogan. Right. Right. We're almost all half my age or younger. <laughs> right. So, so I get it. Right? right. This is a generational thing and I don't want to poo-poo his audience and his style, but I do want to understand, right? How can it be? that Joe Rogan gets paid millions of dollars to shoot the shit for two plus hours, three times a week. Yeah. I, I know you think that he just, <laughs> uh, you know, that this is the blind squirrel who found the nut. And, and to me that just, you know, just shocking that, you know, he's gone through this career where he started off doing drawing, he said, and then he ended up doing Taekwondo and that got him into MMA. And then he got into, Fear factor. Fear factor. No, he got into um, so he got into oh. stand up comedy, and then I think he got into fear factor after that when they saw that he could in fact sort of speak okay. and that he had that. I that thought presence. he actually had done some stand up before he did the MMA thing. Um, hmm. Maybe I don't know what the exact order Dana is. White and I think he's clearly started off in Taekwondo. That. I think uh, was okay. early on. I think right. it's possible. Yeah, I think what Joe Rogan brings to this is obviously a relatability to his audience. So he constantly, consistently yeah. talks about the fact that, that during his high school years, he thought he was um, untalented, unsuccessful. He, thought, he felt he was a loser. I mean, that's how I was when I was in high school. I thought I was going to be a loser. And he was right. And maybe he very was. <laughs> but he kept trying to get better at whatever it was and build up confidence. And this is the persona that he puts across consistently. It made him very relatable to the the one that we listened to, the Mr. Beast episode that we that we were going to focus on yeah, I think, yeah, during this right, one. That's right. So but, but my point is that, yeah. you know, by constantly stating that this is the way he felt and that he, you know, consistently went through these parts of his life where he was able to succeed in certain, certain things, this is what got him, you know, built up confidence to the point where here he is now. And it makes him relatable to this particular, you know, group, right? This 18 yeah. to 34-year-old men who are saying, hey, if Joe Rogan can make it and he can talk to all these smart people and he can carry on these conversations and he seems to be talking about the same things that I am interested in, this is what's yeah. gotten him so the following. So clearly his brilliance is, well, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I absolutely understand, but I believe that if there's anything brilliant about what it, he does, he is tuned into those topics, right? Sure. Those things that interest his audience, right? And he is completely unabashedly bold, he will talk about anything, taboo, right. completely sure. politically incorrect, whether it's ancient aliens. I, I mean, I watched a little bit in one of his, you know, talking about gopher grenades and then bringing up <laughs> video of this product somebody sells, you know, that literally is a bomb that you throw at a gopher or you shoot it at a gopher and it bl- it like vaporizes them. It just blows them, splatters them, uh, you know, across the universe. And 
you know, they watched this video over and over again, just yeah. laughing away at exploding gophers and talking about 50 caliber rounds. And But it's interesting you know. because I don't pick those ones. So I'm obviously a little <laughs> bit more. So I just skip over those ones. Right. Okay. And I go to the ones that I think are, I don't want to use the same word I used last time, but more cerebral. And, okay. you know, so, you know, if it's if he's got Bill Maher on or he's got Dad Sad, who's a business professor at Concordia, you know, he can engage with these people as well. Yeah, he drops a lot of F-bombs on them. Yeah. But, and and so I think, you know, he'll bring those people on. And, you know, I think they, they have a lot of fun because they're, these are different conversations than they usually have with their yeah. professor, Paul, you know, colleagues at, in the staff yeah. room. And, and I'll admit, I was surprised a few times that he was more kind of thoughtful. I would never call him cerebral, but intelligent and thoughtful in some of his discussion uh, on kind of social issues. And he's very and, calm. So you can't. Well, that's because he's stoned most of no, the time. I, I don't think that may very well be true. <laughs> but it, but the delivery is quite calm. Okay. And so and you're you know if you go on Joe Rogan that you're never going to be. You know, he's much like Larry King. So Larry King believed that you never, you know, you never do the gotcha question. He's not a getcha. He, he doesn't. Oh, no, he, that's true. He's more fascinated with everything they have to say. It's all very, you know, oh, yeah, I really like that comment. Well, yeah, that's and because he does nothing for a living. And these people come on the show and he's fascinated. He says, oh, you actually well, that's work? Right. You do something? You you work at this? <laughs> He's just a deer in the headlight. Yeah, wow! Yeah. I can't believe wow, people I can't with believe. real jobs that do stuff. That's right. Yeah, I just get. To, I just have to talk to people. That's dope. That's amazing. That's a brilliant idea. That's so smart. He's, you're just very wise for a young man. No, it's really cool. I, I love what you do. Um, I just I just think it's amazing how much dedication you have to this. Right. So, Mister Mister B. B. Let's talk about Mister B. So, this one uh, we both kind of liked. This one, although it was over four hours. No, no, two and a half. This one. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. His was two and a half. There was another one I tried to listen <laughs> to. There was four hours. Jimmy Donaldson. Jimmy Donaldson is yeah. uh, is Mister Beast, and he is the top YouTuber worldwide. Bar none. Yeah. Right. Bar none. He has like ninety two million followers. Ninety two million. Right. right. Just on the English subscribers to wow. one channel. He just has on the English channels. One. Right. Right. Yes. And so he is just uh, killing. He's, it. he's obsessed. And you know, he talked about this. He's only twenty three years old, but he's been obsessed with YouTube since he was thirteen. And he first started doing this. He was this, you know, pimply, nerdy right. kid. Um, didn't have much of a social circle. You know, had a few friends who were also nerdy kids who would rather, you know, sit in the computer and do this right. stuff figure rather out why than go stuff out goes viral. in the world. Right. Yeah. And figure out why stuff goes viral. And they spent years, uh, literally they said a thousand days on this group of guys, got on a call every single day and talked about why stuff goes viral. You know, how do we replicate this? And apparently they figured out the formula and unlocked it. And he's been unstoppable since... But one of the things that, well, multiple things drew contrast for me listening to Mr. Beast and, you know, Joe Rogan. And again, this is what made me think of it, right? Because Joe just fascinated, like, my God, you tried so hard. You work so hard. You know, you do this, you know, six days a week and you're filming content. You know, he right. just was amazed that somebody actually worked no for a living. no point Joe Rogan ever sit around and analyze data and charts exactly. and, and statistics and say, why did yeah. this interview do well and this one, you know, get half the... V no, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. this this guy spent 
three oh, years every single day studying this stuff and trying to figure out how to go viral. But the other thing that I drew as a contrast was as uh, Jimmy was talking about um, what he does and how he does it and all of the people involved, he was constantly giving credit to, you know, Tyler does this, he's genius at this, and Chris does that, he's genius, I couldn't possibly do this without these guys. And, you know, he was mentioning all these other people by name, he said, you know, I actually have a hundred employees now um, in the company doing all kinds of different things that frees me up to do specifically the filming. That's my thing. I'm hands-on. You know, every video we create, mm-hmm. he's uh, on on the filming yeah. aspect okay. of it, right? But Joe, for me, and this irritated me, right? Joe is the complete opposite. Joe gives credit to nobody. Hmm. There's uh, on all of the ones that I listened to, there were at least two other people off camera uh, basically chasing stuff down for Joe because Joe doesn't prepare, right? Joe's yeah. just winging it. It's your opinion. He, he's but... half-baked, right? So he can remember, oh, I kind of remember this <laughs> thing. Hey, go Google this for me. Find that link to, you know, when the okay, guy I'll, shot I'll this accept. bullet at the deer and missed but killed the deer anyway. You know, and so, um, but he never anywhere identifies who these people are. They're never named. They're not in the credits. They're not in the episode descriptions. I, I could not find all right. If they're just sort of behind the scenes, go. I get what you're saying, and yeah. we've we've seen this with. Yeah. You know, but you Co- hear did, their voices did, sometimes yeah, we too. Did they chime with, in. We mentioned and, this with Conan yeah. last time because I yeah. know Conan O'Brien is particularly good at this. He, you know, right. he brings these people on. He mentions their names. Adam um, Grant right. gives credit. Uh, Tim Ferriss gives credit. Almost everybody else, the really good ones. Um, so I, I think it's a good. I think it's a good takeaway. I mean, I think if you're doing a podcast and you've got, you know tremendous support then then this yeah, can really add this can really add values yeah yeah so i thought um, he had a bit of an entourage but maybe that's just the way i mean i've listened to others where there's multiple people on staff and my impression was that it was more of an entourage type of podcast but right the more i listened to you're right i, I didn't get that impression But looking at the information i could find online um he still lists those people as guests okay. right so he has this website you can go to the JRE stats thing and it talks about you know who's been on the most and there's some of those guys right they're kind of the crew right uh, his go-to guys for the fight companion show and whatever some of these guys have been on 80 plus times on his podcast right there's one comedian uh, Joey Diaz Coco Joey Coco Diaz who apparently has been on like 46 times on the show these are his friends Sure. Millions of dollars to shoot the shit with his friends. Bring him on. We can and, talk for hours. Yeah. And right? so as far as maybe if we go back to Mr. Beast, I mean, I, the two were relatable. They, they're, both of their early lives appeared to have a lot of overlap. So this, I think, is a really good guest because it does show exactly what Joe Rogan is all about. He bring, in this case, he was able to bring on a guest that was completely relatable to him because yep. they struggled early on. Both of them, I don't believe either of them had fathers. They never mentioned their fathers. Now, they did have a bit, and I thought, you know, Joe was sensitive, although he was trying to play doctor, too. Jimmy got into describing that he has uh, Crohn's, Crohn's disease, disease. Yeah. and it was nice. It, it was also, uh, it was the only episode of his that I listened to at all, uh, and I, I listened to, I think, about a half a dozen. Uh, I don't think I made it all the way through any of them, because they're all so long, but in every other one that I listened to besides this one, there was at least some conversation about drugs and descriptions of 
you know, him or his guest yeah. uh, and their, uh, you know, hallucinations and psychedelic experiences on DMT and other things, right? An endorsement for drug use right. on every episode. And I, except I probably this pick one. through these, obviously, where I focus on ones that, that don't specifically talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think there's enough of a mix that you can, you know, you can pick your way through. Uh, yeah, particularly if he has it, people that you know you're going to like, like, yeah, okay, with Bill Maher, you're maybe, you might get a little bit of that. But otherwise, you kind of know what you're what you're going to get. Yeah, the one that was the crudest for me was, and it's a, a recent one, his July 4th episode with uh, Duncan Trussell, okay. who's uh, also a comedian. They were both, again, talking about the visuals, right? I thought this was interesting. They were both in like period costumes from, you <laughs> right. know. The, 1776. Uh, right, exactly. And they never acknowledged it. So, so this was another interesting thing. We talked about production, right, in a lot of reviews. Uh, we also talk about the hook. Joe doesn't bother with any of that. No, he does no, not. There's no, he doesn't even introduce his guests for the most part. They just start talking. No, their names, right? you're right. Their name is on the, he does no, there's no introduction, yeah. right? I don't think he yeah. went on about Mr. Beast. You just assumed that, yeah. that everybody's going to know who Mr. Beast was. And there are, there's no accolades. Excellent point. Right, right. And yeah, you, so I thought that was kind of you know interesting, but the, the Duncan one, you know, just all of a sudden they're on camera and they're both sitting there in these silly costumes with the big wigs on, and 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 they just start talking. I don't know. There's only several minutes in, I think, before you see Joe, you know, light a joint, and he's taking a hit and he's handing it to Duncan, and they're you know they're they're getting high while they're talking. And they did have a lengthy conversation about psychedelics and how wonderful these experiences are. But so, uh, but they also got into the whole you know ancient aliens thing, mm-hmm. and and I specifically picked that one to listen to because so many of his episodes are with comedians. So I thought, well, I'm just going to pick one of the most recent ones here and just see how this goes with a comedian because I had listened to a couple of others that were say, different style, uh, including one that was uh, one of the MMA ones I, I listened to also. I'll talk a little bit about that one. But the Duncan one was just like tin hat, crazy, conspiracy theory, you know. So I'm okay with nutcase it. Nutcase stuff. This um, is your job as an American to figure yeah. out who, you know, whether or not whatever they're saying is is your brand of conspiracy. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm well, fine. I'm in on the ancient alien right, thing. I, I've been to Peru. I've seen some stuff that, I, you know, there's just no okay. way that this was built by yeah. you know, the Mayans 500 years ago or whatever. Just didn't happen. So um, you think he does no preparation, right? And that, and I, I don't I, think he does and zero I've preparation. To, I, I've listened to his yeah. questions, and I personally feel that the questions that he asks are they're short. So he doesn't he doesn't ramble. You know, we've talked a lot yeah. about these long winded questions. They tend to be on point, like relevant at the particular time. Is he just genius? No, no, he's definitely not he's a not genius, genius, Michael. <laughs> so, but he's, but you know, he does well enough and he knows enough about whatever the topic has to be or happens to be yeah. to, to See, make, guess, to make this go on for three hours. It's just not all smoking weed. Yeah. And uh, so I thought he stayed pretty focused on the Mr. Beast one. Sounds like a couple of the other ones you listened to. He stayed pretty on topic. Does he, can he always stay on point? Because Joe Rogan's the same age as me. He's 55, right? Yeah. But his audience is 18 to 34. Okay, yeah, he's he's a good, you know, 20 years or more. But yeah. 
It's because no, he, he never grew up. No, he never grew up. So that's a fair comment, right? So that is a, that is the right. So he mentally, yeah, he's he's, he's that still age. fifty. Yeah, he's still yeah. you know he's still that age. You know, can he drag along some thirty year old into their mid forties? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. How so long he can my do guess this. for Mr. Beast is that what happens is is he has a following that follows him. They grow up together, yeah. kind of right, and he continues to produce content that's of interest to that segment plus or minus, you know, 10 years or whatever, right? Yeah. Generationally. But he grooms then, he produces a an empire. We were talking about empire right. building last week, right? With uh, Josh Barrow and uh, very serious and serious media. I think that Mr. Beast will develop. He's going to have to bring in, right? Younger kids yeah. that are going to, they're going to carry that audience through. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see necessarily joe rogan doing that um, well he's already doing yeah, that from I know, my perspective you know, who is who uh, he's certainly not talking much to his generation i would like to see yeah. more of this kind of thing where you do bring up sort of this next younger generation um, so i will sidekick. say the one thing that clearly joe does put a lot of effort into is kind of current affairs stuff right sure he consumes a lot of media he stays up to date on you know, music and YouTube and TikTok and whatever is yeah. popular. You know, he's watching or he's got a team. No, I think he's got a him. team. I mean, once you're Joe Rogan, you know. you've got a hundred million dollars. I mean, yeah. you can hire the, right. you Spotify's can hire people to, to get it to read every article group. and yeah, look I'm through sure. every yeah. TikTok video and, and right. Pull um, out the interesting stuff for yeah. him. But a lot of people are doing that kind of stuff where they're just, you know, you go on my YouTube is filled with people that are reviewing TikTok videos and, you know, and making comments on it, that Joe is still able to pull in the most interesting people around, right? That, and I don't think this is going to die. Again, this is part of my perspective on the difference, the uniqueness about Joe is his success. He's so successful that I think his guests prepare far more than he does. Oh, I have no doubt. That this is a huge opportunity for them, right? Now, Mr. Beast, they, on the other hand, it's it would be interesting to know whether or not the guests say, hey, I think we should talk about this. My guess it's a real back and forth thing, right? Oh, I think it's much more guest Or much driven. more guest driven. Yeah. So Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan reaches out and then the guest says, oh, I think we should talk about this. I think, think somebody from Spotify finds these people and then asks them, if you were to get on the Joe Rogan show, what would you want to talk about? They negotiate kind of a an agenda these yeah. topics are in these topics are out and then you know somebody tells joe you're going to talk to mr beast and my guess is they don't tell him what topics are in or out because joe can't be constrained so right? I, joe I, doesn't care he might get some clues yeah. you know oh yeah you don't know mr beast go look at some of his videos this is where you should go to find out you know a little bit to be ready for your guest but yeah, I, I think he does very, very little preparation. I think his guests do more. Now, Mr. Beast, on the other hand, I think his motivation for being on there was not to grow his audience, not to promote his brand. I think he went on there because he just loves to talk about what he does and he shares. He just is this kind of nice guy who doesn't really care about the money. He said that repeatedly that he just reinvests pretty much everything he makes 
and he's you know he's not buying fancy cars and houses and all this stuff and so i think he would go on a show like joe rogan's because he just wants to share and say yeah this is how i do this i think well, he thought i think he saw it as a win i think that yeah. you know the fact that he was asked to be on the joe rogan show i think made it you know i think he was proud of the fact yeah. that he and I, I think he wanted to show his mom say hey look mom yeah but i think i think he at the end of the day he still a 20-year-old yeah. kid who puts, you know, yeah. YouTube videos up on the internet. And I don't know how much your parent yeah. relates to that. I think that question, or we go back about, I've interviewed a podcaster who said, my strategy is, what should I ask you, yeah. right? This is a strategy that, that I've seen a couple people use. And it's, it's, reasonably, oh, yeah. it's reasonably effective, yeah. A number of podcasters tell us that they this get is their most strategy. of their questions from their guests. Right. They don't formulate them themselves uh, and do a bunch of research. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, Joe Rogan's case, he's out. I'm pretty yeah. confident he's asking questions. Okay. Right but a couple the of the of ones head. did want to listen to one that was a female, Megan Murphy. So because, like you said, predominantly his audience is more male than female, his guests also, that's one of the stats he had on his page, uh, 88% of his guests are male. So I picked wow. a female to listen to, Megan Murphy, a journalist, feminist, from my perspective, it was completely unstructured, totally random, just whatever popped in Joe's head or popped in her head started out with drinking moonshine. And, <laughs> you know, she had brought several really hardcore alcoholic beverages for him to try that uh, clearly even he couldn't drink. He didn't wow. like them. She was disappointed that he <laughs> wimped out on, on some of this stuff. But yeah, they went off on a tirade on all kinds of different topics, but it appeared to be completely random, totally unstructured, uh, no plan. Okay, what else do we need to cover here? Title, it's the Joe Rogan experience. It's got his name in it. He's over 1,800 episodes now, and he does number his episodes. Right. The Mr. Beast episode was just, you know, Mr. Beast. That's what it's called. Yes, he doesn't put a lot of effort into titles either. Because Mr. Beast believes that the title is everything, Right. You want to go viral, it's well, the title. But you look at all of Joe's episodes, they're, they're just a name. Why put any effort into this? He's getting paid millions of dollars. He doesn't need to be creative. No, this is, just a, machine to that's gonna, this is yeah. just a machine that's going to generate revenue, I think. For, and I, I can't see it not going on for another... You're right. I don't think he prepares a lot. I think he's... Yeah. And he, he knows what he's, he knows how to do this. Yep. Um, he can do three a week for he five more about years. Sponsors or advertising... You know, Spotify handles all of that, right? It's just pop-up ads in the interface, right? The app yeah. pops ads up on the screen randomly. They have nothing to do with his podcast. He doesn't have to. Did you listen them. on the app? Uh, yes, I was on the yeah, Spotify I don't get pop-up. You don't, on the web, you don't get much. Well, there must be ads in the interface somewhere, but in the app, they actually pop up. You have to, yeah, close, you have to close them. them. They, they block the video yeah. so you can't see it. But I noticed they're about every, about every 20 minutes you got an ad that would just pop up on the screen. And there was an ad bar on the bottom, right? So there was always advertising okay. at the bottom of the screen. It's all taken care of by by Spotify. That's why they paid $100 million for his show because um, some of his episodes, the Elon Musk episode reportedly had 56 million downloads because uh, Musk <laughs> smoked <laughs> weed with Joe on that one. And it was so controversial, they said that uh, the Tesla stock uh, tumbled 9% just because of that episode. 
honestly, I did go in thinking I am really going to hate this guy, right? Mr. Beast. No. No, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. I I thoroughly enjoyed, yes, Mr. Beast. But I was surprised at, I, I did like Joe. He grows on you a little bit now. He drops f bombs. Sure, it's too unbelievable. Much. On the MMA one, I actually pulled a transcript from about thirty minutes of it, and there was like thirty-five f bombs in thirty minutes on there. It's just constant. So, what is it that really f-s with you? Uh, I told you my eleven-year-old is obsessed with your show because a lot of twenty-three-year-olds be balling out of their f-ing mind right now. You set aside a bunch of f-ing you money at least. A little bit of colorful language doesn't offend me. We don't discourage you from listening to Joe. I would say to our audience, if you're trying to figure out how to be successful, if if you can figure out how to stay in tune with your audience the way he does, then you are golden. I think that is his magic. It's not about production. He is the luckiest man on the planet, I think, in terms of his ability to make money doing something that comes so easy to him. But he's in tune. He seems to know what people want to talk about, what they want to hear, and he gets some good guests on there. Clearly, he's got a good team that's supporting him in doing that, even though he gives them no credit for it. This is a formula for success. Yeah. I mean, he says it himself. He says, if you're alive, you know, you can improve things. That's the message he's trying to send despite the, you know, the crazy tin hat stuff and all the other <laughs> stuff. I think the message is mostly positive with Joe Rogan. I think he truly wants, I don't think it's all about the money. I, I think he does want to say, hey, just keep going. You can, you can make it. Look, I did it. All right. Well, that was our review. We got through it. The Joe Rogan experience. You've been listening to No Harm in Asking with Michael Kerr and Eric Byron. Thanks for listening. If you would like us to review your podcast, please let us know. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration.